What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. I'm so stoked for this episode. I know I say that a lot, but especially this time, Cineo returns to the podcast. He talks about, you know, his new music, um, talks more about his mask, which, you know, is kind of his symbol. I mean, Cineo is doing it big over there in San Francisco, Um, He also talks about mental health, so this is a great episode. But before I get to my interview with Cineo, let's get the advertisements out of the way. Um, Check us out on Twitter at Cynical Sensibly, Instagram is Sensibly Cynical Pod, and check out the Facebook page. Um, Bonfire.com has all the merch, so if you want a Sensibly Cynical shirt, mug, even a sticker, check it out. That's Bonfire.com slash store slash Sensibly dash Cynical all different colors, um, all fire, by the way, of course. But of course I would say that. <laughs> um, also, Sensibly Cynical can be found wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, etc. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Did that in a little weird order, but you get the picture. Now, to my interview with Cineo. Enjoy. All right. I called him, and he said he would do it in a heartbeat. Cineo. The rapper out of uh, San Francisco. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Um, just working, grinding. <laughs> um, you know, a lot, a lot going on. A lot of new things. Well, I appreciate you doing this. Um, it's based an opportunity again. This is, you know, yeah. It's a well, pre- I did some. I did some math. Not my strong suit, but we're recording this on the twenty seventh of January. So it's it was exactly six months. And eleven days since your last appearance. Okay, okay. I mean, a lot, a lot changes quickly. So you know, yeah. How's life been treating you, man? Life has been great. Um, recently became a father. Um, oh, congratulations, boy! It's the end of September. Wow, um, is an amazing, like, I mean, it's life changing, but it's also like the evolution for me is just like it's just growth. That's really what it comes down to. Is just you know, uh, you manifest what you want and this is something that I wanted. And now that I'm here, I'm so appreciative of what is happening. So, yeah. Yeah, man. I, well, you know, you know how I, I feel about you as a person and the fact that you would, I literally asked you how many days ago was it? It was probably like a week ago. It's, I think it was like a record for me on a guest. I, I usually, <laughs> I used to plan like way ahead, but I was like, you know what? I was looking at my schedule and I was like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I want to talk to this guy again. He's awesome. Let's do it. No, most definitely. Um, I totally understand. I mean, you know, having had done a podcast that I recently wrapped up, 125 episodes, by the way. Um, wow. The 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 lesson learned about guests, right, is mm-hmm. when you're all on your own, right. like, we we had a relatively small team. It was really the three, three and a half of us. And the coordination of interviews really came down to my team members. And that was difficult. So, you know, hats off to you, you know, to to continue to persevere, to overcome. Because it's not easy. Because I've definitely had those mm. last minute clutch moments where well, 
a guest would drop in my lap the the <laughs> night of the day of the recording before so mm -hmm. well you know i would have asked you to come back in anyways i thought i thought it would be down the line but this is even better this is even better i mean as many times um, yeah, I'm more than <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I know uh, Stoner, the villain, and I are real close, you know, and he's a good friend of mine. So, and I feel like you and I are, you know, we get along. So, you know, let's make it happen. Um, let's talk about um, Forgotten. I like that. And it seems like slow vibes, right? Am I right on that? Like, talk about the messaging behind that song. So, when it so forgotten is is from a collection of songs that I did with a producer named Tulip. Um, Tulip was somebody that I met in LA at a uh, it was a producer meetup. So Illmind is an industry producer who's done worked with J Cole, Kanye, Jay Z, you name mm -hmm. them. He's had some. He's done something right. So he had this producer meetup. I went to LA. It was the second time to go into one of these things and you know, we all connected, like it clicked, like it was something, mm -hmm. this instance where the networking of it just grew. So that was October, 2019, 2020 hits. We're all on shutdown mode. And almost a year later, I'm just grinding away. Like it's the summer, um, George Floyd just happened. Like there's all this mm -hmm. in the air. So I'm just, I'm knocking out songs. I'm like, I'm knocking out like projects within a weekend and in one of these weekends it was like back to back i did th like three projects he reached out to me after seeing me post like two of them and was like yo can i send you some stuff he sent me some stuff and immediately i recorded about seven songs and forgotten was one of those songs where yeah like the the energy if you listen to, to any of my music you'll see that the production shifts and changes at, on a whim you know whoever the producer is um i've maintained the philosophy i i seen the little wayne documentary that was never released like officially and he had some very heavy quotes that were like impactful to me to this day and one of them was you know people it was about stress and and to paraphrase it it was like people stress about like uh, where we gonna live what we gonna eat all i have to stress about is rapping like, that's it. Like, I don't have to stress about those other things. I just have to stress about rap. Yes, People, mix and mastering, you know? I mean, for me, <laughs> yes. But for, for Wayne in this moment, it was about, like, uh, all I have to do is just get on the beat. Like, I don't need the right moment. I don't need the right look. All I need to do is just hop on the, on the track and just spit some verses. And I, to me, I took that to heart where I never wanted to be in a position where I was like, oh, I ain't feeling it. Cause he he literally said he's like, well, I'm supposed to be like, I ain't feeling it. Like, I don't have time for that. Like, I get to do this. And I was like, I'm gonna maintain that same level of like perspective where I'm not gonna see everything mm -hmm. as me being picky or choosy. I'm gonna be happy and thankful anybody wants to take the time to reach out and send me something. So me, it was like, let me give my all to these tracks. And with these tracks in particular, I wanted it to be some a modern sound, right? So when it came to these to the to these tracks, I was like, I'm going to approach a modern sound. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to be affirming. I'm going to be mindful of the energy that I'm bringing. So the song Forgotten, the hook is mm -hmm. oh, and I could cuss on here, right? Yeah, I mean, go for it, man. So the, the hook is working harder than a motherfucker. Y'all 
get getting paid off my losses double up off regrets it don't matter what the cost is pay me all my respects when it come to getting money you can call me collect now that last line definitely for the for the uh millennials for those that know 10 10 3 2 1 call collect 1-800 call collect um it's just one of those things where i wanted to take the, you know, everybody's talking about entrepreneurialism. Everybody's making investments. Robinhood became this big thing. And I was like, I'm going to give my perspective on it. I'm going to give my piece, right? So the opening line is, they say when you free, that you free to own piece of the land. But the money is harder to make and they tax it the more that you have. Plotting you plan, devising a scheme to the bag. If Sam don't get all of his cut, then he coming after your ass. Now, there's... And you can look into it for yourself and for the listeners, right? Like mm-hmm. places be like cash only. Well, depending on where you at, right? There's a reason why they say cash only, right? If you have electronic, I mean, tra- I mean, if you have electronic transactions, right? It's easier to trace the the money that was put into the business and the money that's coming out of the business, right? If it's in cash, it's a lot easier to skate around and maneuver kind of what is being given to the government and then what is kept for yourself. And so I was breaking down and going into these really minute details that we don't really think about because we just take it for granted. Like, Oh, I don't want to go eat over there. They only take cash or Mm -hmm. I only keep my card on me. And it's like, when you think about being empowered and you think about having ownership and control, you, you have to provoke and push well, how do you engage in your spending habits? And so this song was really going in depth around like, yeah, everybody's a boss, but don't nobody know what it means to run a business. Like I started an LLC in 2020 and I quickly learned about taxes. I quickly learned about what does it mean to take a loss and to what it means to have to pay on the gains and the profits. And, you know, it's um, you start to see the holes and the fallacies of what everybody's presenting. And for me, I was like, I'm not, I'm not seeking to create a fallacy or facade, I'm going to just give you the truth and you have to decipher it. Right. And so when it comes to money, right, people often glorify and romanticize, but don't want to deal with the actual critical thinking and work that goes into, well, what you going to do when you get all this money, right? You get a million dollars and then you got to give up half of it to the government. You're really <laughs> a millionaire. So, Hey, it's either you got it or you don't, there's no, you know, I mean, you could get it, but most people, they, they don't even they don't even want to understand what does it mean to keep it, right? It's like, mm. you got it or you don't, but you can always get more. And mm. you're not necessarily defined by it unless it comes to, like, tax brackets and revenue and gross and, like, what do you keep? What do you net, right? Like, people, there's such a disassociation, but we have this romanticization of, like, oh, man so-and-so got paid X amount of money to join a team or so-and-so got this much for a branding deal or, Oh, I trust this person. Cause they're a billionaire. And it's like, mm. man, you know, even in the hook it's talking about, you know, it don't matter what the cost is pay me all my respect. Like I, I understand the importance of money, but I'm not going to define others or define myself based off of the monetary value associated with my name, my brand or my entity. And so, yeah, that's forgotten. That's what I appreciate about you is that, you know, a lot of people don't look at things like with thought nowadays. You know what I mean? A lot of people are too busy with their nine to fives or on Twitter and 
you know, they try to fit everything in 90 characters or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> and they don't like think about things that much anymore. It doesn't seem like it anyways. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's so real because in my opinion, in my perspective, it's, it's becoming harder and harder to intervene, like to really have real intervention on critical thought and critical thinking. Like, you know, I, I don't know if I mentioned it the last time we met, but uh, the documentary Century of the Self, I always refer to for people. Because... Uh, I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if you mentioned that to me or not. OK, so Century of the Self, right, is a is a documentary that details kind of how modern media and marketing operates, like mm -hmm. how and advertise and how it was based off of a lot of the principles and fundamental practices of Sigmund Freud, right? So Sigmund Freud is a very popular psychologist that people refer to um, when it comes to breaking into the understanding of the mind and the way people think. Dreams, your subconscious, your upbringing, how you're raised, like all these fundamentals that we now, people talk about mental health. And in my lifetime, it's been relatively more common to talk about it, but what they don't understand, mm -hmm. concept and core like practices of mental health have been incorporated in marketing and advertisement since World War II. So mm -hmm. people are just now engaging with mental health. But when you think about it, mental health has been in, in existence this whole time. It's just the way that you've been engaged with it is through the promotion and selling of different items, goods, and services. So people in general can't really think critically because they've been conditioned to be more of a consumer than they like then they are a creator, a provider, a producer, right? It's like, we want you to buy, 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 especially in the, the common American society, United States practice of engagement is like, mm -hmm. we just want you to just participate in this machine. We don't care about what you think or what you feel. We just want you to be in it. And so, you know, critical thinking, I always reserve space to be like, okay, well, I'm going to think critically. How do I introduce that in a way that's engaging, entertaining, thought provoking, different, and, you know, it's it can be jarring for a lot of people because they're not accustomed to it. But for me, I can only be me. I can I can only do what I do. Like music speaks to people past, you, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, oh, I don't. I, I, it's one, what's in there rather than just the actual beat. You're right. It's, it's, it's beyond what the song just be in existence. Right. It's like there's songs that exist. And then there's songs that are pushing the envelope of like the moment or the time, right? Mm -hmm. it's like, if you give yourself to it, you may take away something else, right? Like in the second verse, I brought up, it was by design the red lines divide from the have nots and have what you like. It was have to fight for your rights denied every chance to have whatever they provide. So people, so we talk about being a job coach. I right. was actually a job coach prior to going full-time into music. So I was helping um, transitional age youth getting into the workforce, getting into the work field, getting into competitive employment, getting into secondary, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of education. And so I've been at service to my community as long as I've been doing music and mm -hmm. you know, people by all means, make what you want to make, do what you want to do. And I can only make what is about me. So me, I've been a service to my community. I've been a service to my family, my friends, my relationships, whether extremely flawed or mm. extremely incredible it's absolutely me so my music is a direct reflection of the work and service that i provided to others and being a job quote coach you start to understand like 
people are going through a lot. People are dealing with so much more than they can they can grasp mm-hmm. more than they can handle. And you're trying to give them either the assessment, observation, and perspective, or right. the skills to get to the next pay, like part, right? And having a job is super essential. Like it's we live in a capitalistic driven society. So having money is necessary. Consumer mm-hmm. is only driven by people who have money to spend. And so I was always breaking down stuff like redlining where people don't even know, like, yeah, there was a period of time in America where the banks would not give people of color and poor people and immigrants certain uh, loans, right, for housing in certain areas in metropolitan big cities, right? It was red lines. In the red areas is where you could live. So when you look at the breakdown of wealth over multi-generations, right, like, Banks still do this. Like recently, Bank of America mm-hmm. just had this whole like, uh, we'll give you a non-down payment loan, but we have to know where the house is, which them knowing is them being able to exclude you from opportunities to getting better like plots of land, right? Having the mm-hmm. most fruitful place to live versus oh no it has to be within these particular areas which is a different way of calling it redlining now in some instances great people can't even get money together for a down payment for a home on the other end it's like but you still get to decide where i live which is Mm -hmm. extension of the practices that were discriminatory and really divisive towards people in the past right it's like oh this is illegal but because we're doing it under these new conditions guess what we're gonna hook you up and it's like, but how much are you really hooking me up if you can you can group everyone together who didn't have money for a down payment, who now owns property in the same area, and then say, oh, yeah, those people over there, their house is worth this much versus the people over here who didn't participate in this program, their house is worth this much. So it's an extension of the same horrible practices, but veiled in a way where it's like, oh, my gosh, I can I can I can get out of here. And it's like, no, no, no you getting out of one area to get put into another area that is comparable, right. It's comparable. And so, yeah, it's um, my music is never going to not have a depth of reality and truth and honesty because they, you can get it from so many other people, right. You can get it so many other places, right. Like the music, like listen to the beats mm-hmm. themselves are not your typical beats that you're going to have this type of content to like it's just not happening. You, sh- If you can show me, then more power because it's going to enlighten and empower me. But I don't see it on the constant. I don't see it accessible or readily available. So for me, it was like, no matter what you give me, I'm always going to give you what's true to me, what's at my core, what's a part of my values. And so mm-hmm. yeah, saying that you're a job coach, man, like my heart goes out to you because I know it is a tough job. It is not easy. It's, you know, it has its moments. And so mm-hmm. I understand I come from that same, like I've been trying my hands at supporting my community since I was in the community as a kid. So now it's like really diving in on the music and understanding how do I expand my net to help others in a mm-hmm. bigger broader scope. You know, if I can help one person get a life that they didn't have before I started doing that, then, you know, that's worth it. If you can make one person feel a certain way from listening to a song, then I'm sure it's worth it, right? Definitely. So, you know that's what I mean? Why, that's how I really started it, to be to to be 100% transparent. I I did music 
working in a community program. So I was teaching other people how to make music. That was my thing, right? It was like, I'll teach other people how to do it because it gives them an escape. It gives them an opportunity. It gives them a skill set to, to find a new path. And, you know, I've, I'm like, I'm going to try my hand at this. I'm going to do this because I feel it. And a kid found my music online because I would share mm. with my friends and I was like, didn't think much of it. And they were like, this is the song I listen to every day. And I could see the plays. It was like on SoundCloud way back in the day. And it, it like had hundreds of plays. And they were like, you know, like, this is the song I cry to. This is the song that keeps me motivated. And I was like, I could only wish to give somebody that feeling. So now that I know that I, I can do this, I need to share it with more people and not just keep it reserved to me and my friend group. Like I need to give this out to more people and, and push the envelope on how do you be a, how how to be an artist right how to mm -hmm. showcase your art but do it in a way that is intentional and purposeful and doesn't go along with the same like people always talk about we need change we need a revolution this is the revolution this is the change it's not like anything you've ever seen and that's hard for people to accept because as much as they romanticize change they really just want the same old same old and there's nothing wrong with that but you got to come to terms with the truth. Is it that you really want something new? Because when you get it, oftentimes you don't even know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Or is it that you just want more of the same and you know that more of the same is actually really harmful for you and you don't know what to do? Either way, I'm here for you. Yeah, but a lot of people are scared of change. Of course. That's the, prob that's the problem. People are scared of it, but they want it. Right? That's the thing. They ask for it. They they People, you can see it like going deep thinking about the political infrastructure we have we have two major parties mm -hmm. and numbers there's like a third of the country that does not participate at all so there's three groups of people who either are disengaged or engaged too much and then there's you know people in the middle that are like oh, i ain't got time for none of this right they're all seeking something different right and it and sometimes difference comes around incrementally, right? Little by little. And sometimes it's a tidal wave. And that tidal wave isn't for everybody, right? Not everyone can surf. Some people need time. They need to learn how to practice. And that's kind of how I like into my music, right? It's like sometimes the tide is high. Sometimes the tide is low. More times high than enough. But for those that are ready for it, mm -hmm. is they hop on in and have fun. And, you know, it. yeah, it's it's people want change it's just very difficult and that's mm -hmm. quintessentially life right is like the things most valuable and most rewarding and most like fulfilling are hard pyramid mm -hmm. pyramid's been around for thousands of years it's nothing to go and drop some bombs and destroy them but we marvel at the primitive time that it comes from that it still exists and we marvel at its architecture because it took hard work and that's how everything is in life, whether you're raising kids, whether you're working, whether you're trying to overcome a habit or an addiction or whatever the case may be, a bad relationship, it's going to take a level of hard work. And when you now of giving yourself to this hard work, the fruits of your labor will be seen just as much you put a seed in the ground. It has to be tended to every day. That's life. And it's not to discourage people. If anything, I want to inspire people and motivate them to not be afraid of change right to not like you want to change the world you got to change your perspective man so i can't to see i can't think of better words than that man um so talk about uh, aloof so aloof aloof is again from the, the collection of songs from tulip 
toe to toe with the best of them. You said that in there, right? Yes. So, yeah. what do you mean by that? I mean, obviously, be be besides the literal meaning, there has to be something deeper. Well, to me, having been like been in the context of like hip hop, rap, battle rapping being in martial arts and these are things that I'm passionate about these are things that I love it's really it's really about that like the the competitive nature of getting in like when you when you see who's the best for me immediately like I grew up playing video games within the story of video games it's always like who's the best I gotta go and fight that person right like who's the biggest boss right I'm, mm-hmm. I'm working the biggest boss when mm. it comes to playing video games with your friends or your siblings it's like oh, i gotta beat you no matter what i gotta be relentless some people d- become discouraged me i become engulfed enamored i become so captivated by like how do i grow so i'm of the belief every challenge is necessary everything is worth it and if you're the best then i'm going toe-to-toe i'm not going to back down i'm not going to be scared i'm not going to clam up I'm going to go as hard as I can and I'm going to give my all and toe to toe with the best of them is literally like trying to find the context. Okay. So it says I work harder than the rest of them when it comes to Mm -hmm. blow toe with the best of them. What the lesson is counting all your blessings. Then when it comes to stress and feeding doubts with your questions. So for me, it's like often people will, praise and hold people in the high regard and don't do the critical thinking to really look at like what is the context that made them great right like i just my friend is is such a troll i'm a i'm a jay-z fan he sends mm-hmm. me to, and it says jay-z was never the hottest rapper and this person is going in on every year that jay-z released a project and who was the number one selling rap artist that was parallel to him right it was dmx it was eminem and you just see like time and time again, like the comparison. And to me, it's like, I can't help but think in that context of like, it's not necessarily what you what you have in front of you, right? A lot of times it's what you feel, right? Mm-hmm. You can have the truth and accept it. And I can accept that, yes, in terms of the data, Eminem was going diamond like three times <laughs> before Jay-Z was selling yeah. records, right? But I got to look at what is this, what is Jay-Z hey, man. in those times? Right? <laughs> when, when Eminem did like cleaning out my closet, like remember that song? That's when I really got into him. And then like Jay-Z, I mean, you can go a list. What's your favorite Jay-Z song? Like, I know that's a loaded question. It's just, I mean, if I was to come off the top of my head, um, I guess right now in the moment, nickels and dimes um, mm-hmm. is on the Magna Carta. Um, because he's talking about like um like giving anonymously, and I think that's such a like incredible thing to like even discuss is like a lot of times I mean I'm I'm at conflict with it all the time. I go on like Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, I'll see a video of somebody doing something nice for someone else, and I feel two ways about it. One, I'm like so inspired and I'm so enamored with this kind gesture, and the other end, I'm like man, you really just used and leveraged this person to make yourself look better. And it's like, oh, like this is this is why I choose to remain anonymous. This is why I separate the work I did in nonprofit versus the work that I'm doing as an artist because 
I don't want the merit of what I did like to be misconstrued because we are mm-hmm. individuals and people don't have a level of awareness and comprehension of what that really means, right? So like in the context of nonprofit, I don't want to leverage the people that I've helped to then become my fans. I feel like that's mm-hmm. just, right? If you figure it out and then you realize who I am, by all means, you figured out, you put in some work and you're probably going to stick around because you're going to be like, he wearing a mask? Or you're going to be like, oh, this is dope. I was going to get to that. Talk about the uh, mask, why you wear it. So the the mask, infatuated with Daft Punk, um, the story, it was like, I was in high school, moody, emotional, depressed high schooler, did not like the meritocracy of school in, in general, um, you know, I come from a very dynamic and complex background, had a lot of family members who died, had a lot of friends who come from adverse situations as well. And I had seen, um, two different lifestyles. I was, I was exposed to being in San Francisco and then 45 minutes outside of San Francisco, there's a place called Pittsburgh. I went to a school called Thurgood. We had a police riot at the time and I went to Pittsburgh high and it was like Sweet Valley high. It was like, quintessential seventh heaven most generic thing i could have ever imagined i was so accustomed to going was to school where it was predominantly people of color like being white was a minority in my life until i went to pittsburgh then it was like the complete opposite i was like where the asian people at there ain't no asian people out here what the hell is going on and so to me it was like a complete culture shock and i was like looking for something and i had this friend that i made and he gave me this CD player that had a bunch of tracks on it. And he was just as depressed as me because we would only meet up at lunch and never nothing, like nothing else. It was only lunch. And so he gave me this the CD and it was like Daft Punk was playing. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is so happy. Like, and I started to learn like, oh, they wear masks and they don't, they're, they're detached from the concept of fame. And there was a whole mythology behind them. And I was enamored, infatuated and became a gigantic fan that never left. Every time I would perform and start to do stuff in music, I would immediately like become withdrawn because I didn't like the the outside attention. Like it's one thing to be on the stage because I'm associating with my performance, the words, the song. But then when you're not on the stage and then it's about you and it's like, hey, like that was dope. And like, oh, I recognize you. And I remember one time I was with my friend. We were at the we were at Pier 39 at the arcade chilling. And these dudes are circling us. And we're like getting ready, like, oh man, they might try and jump us. We're gonna have to fight. And he comes up and he's like, Hey, you performed the other night at that at that event. And I was like, dang, like so taken aback. But then I was also like, I'm no different than you. Like, I I just got on the stage, remembered mm-hmm. some lines, and we're on the same level. Like, there's no need to put me on any pedestal. And I never, I just didn't like the concept and the the way that it shifted how we seen people in this concept of like even veiled fame. Like I had, I remember I did a, a, I was a model for a campaign and people were calling me out of concern because they were like, yo, we just seen the billboard. I'm like, I was just a model that they had, that campaign had nothing to do with me other than me getting a gift card for participating. But I, I could see how the notoriety changes people's perspective and changes the relationship they have with you where they think you have something that you don't or they think they're owed something because of your relationship and in the dynamic of being at service to the community it's very easy to leverage the role you play 
to gain favor. And I never wanted that. I never wanted to be like, oh yeah, I gave you a, a resource and now you feel like you owe me. I never, I never liked the idea that a lot of these programs would take the saddest stories or the most successful stories and then use them to generate money from other rich people to be like, oh yeah, this, this kid was beaten and raped and tortured and hurt. And now look, they're going to college and we're responsible. And it's like, no, this kid is responsible for what they did. And the fact that you're going to generate half a million dollars and only give this kid about 5,000 bucks is the most egregious, horrible, disrespectful, demeaning, devaluing thing you could ever do to them. And I've seen it multiple times. San Francisco and the Bay Area is known for its nonprofit industry. And that is very common when it comes to fundraisers and the gala. The galas, all the galas, all the, the ballrooms that they rent out. But the people who are doing the work don't get invited. More times than enough, the people who are doing the work are the ones that are left out of the conversation or left out of the celebration, right? They're not the ones Dude, put on a pedestal or praised. So I'm saying, do you think it's like um I would a projection of what they like a picture, you know what I mean? Like a projection of what they want you to think society is like, you think that's why they do all that is because they want to paint like a certain picture, even though in reality, the picture is not, you know, what I they think, think it is. When it comes to the reason why they do the galas the way they do, I think it's because it's a low hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. It would take a lot more work to create a compelling narrative and story where it's not leveraging people's trauma and pain to generate and raise money. Um, it's just, it's what works, right? It's like, well, they've yeah. done it success. So now we're going to replicate the same behavior instead of try to innovate and do something different. That's more respectful and tasteful to the people that are left like they're like people. This is another concept of fame. So many kids at one of the nonprofits I worked at when they became adults regretted doing one of the yearly events because they would often be forced, cohorsed into giving up trauma, like very traumatic events in their life to then create a speech to sell it to other people, right? And when they become adults and we talk about it, they're always like, yeah, like I wish I never did it because when I was on the news, my dad who I had, uh, my mother had a restraining order against was able to find me. Or yeah, like when I said all that and then people come up to me on the street, I'm like, oh yeah, like I heard your story. Like I really feel for you. And they're like, but you don't even know me. Like you don't even know like that story doesn't even define me or I don't even relate to that story anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, for me, I don't want to leverage fame in any capacity. It's a it's a duty. This is my responsibility to maintain a sense of of my ego is at the at the door. My ego has nothing to do with this. I'm not here to create or add into a narrative of what beauty is. I'm not right. here. Right. That's what I mean by picture. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, it's like you either going to rock with the art or the creative forms of expression that I bring to the table or you're not right. Like mm -hmm. I told punk was captivating, not because of these individuals, but because of the music they created and released. It wasn't about what car they drove. It wasn't about the house they lived in. It was literally the way their music made me feel. And for me, it was like, okay, knowing that I love superheroes, knowing that I right. love man and Spider-Man, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to, go with deeper into that like there's a movie called mfkz or also known as motherfuckers and it's an anime and in there there's this thing about the luchador my mask is a luchador mask i'm black and latino my father's from el salvador i'm the first generation of immigration and a descendant of american slavery so this mask is from el salvador i got it made by um, a luchador mask company that's based out of el salvador it has importance it holds a lot of weight 
And for me, it's a way to not just represent my heritage, but also to have fun in the creative space, as well as, you know, for all the ex-girlfriends that hate my guts, you don't have to see my face ever again. I know about ex-girlfriends, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so we talked about this last time and I kind of want to talk about it again. Um, why so much music is because you have so many different avenues that you want to that you want to pursue because you put out a lot of stuff and i think we talked about it last time but why so many is it just because you, you have so much on your mind and so many messages you want to get out to people definitely um you only have for me i look at it like this i have one life to live i gotta make the most of it and making the most of it is giving as much as i can to as many people as possible um one of the big sources of inspiration is a rapper named Currency. If you know anything about Currency, Currency releases an album damn near just about every month, if not every Really? Month. Yeah, he's releasing music on the constant. And I remember when I was like, I was still in our profit game and he was releasing a mixtape a month. It was like 20 songs over like my favorite instrumentals. And the way he would approach them, I was just like, this is a whole, like this feels so different. And it was a six month run. And when it stopped, I was like, wait, what? But then he went from doing mixtapes to just doing full on original projects. And I was like, this is incredible. And and again, going back to Illmind in that in that trip, the first time I met Illmind when it was a production, it was the producer meetup in San Francisco. He said, if you could make a song every day and release it, do it. Why not? And I was like, you know what? Over the summer, after me and you had an interview over the summer. A friend of mine got COVID, was in a hospital. It was really bad. We were working together on a documentary about the the housing situation in the Bay Area. And um, it's it's out, it's coming out. It's called reentrification. And we were working so heavily and I was doing so much that I was like, I am confronted with how fragile life is yet again. So I'm gonna challenge myself to make a beat and a rap a day. So I made a song a day for three weeks. It was like Every day, make a beat or like from scratch, right? Maybe I'll get a sample, maybe I'll get a loop, but I'm gonna build on it, I'm gonna add to it, and I'm gonna write a whole song, a whole original song in the same day, right? On top of mm -hmm. this this movie, on top of supporting everybody with what they need, being attentive to my wife, all these things, I'm gonna do it on top of this song a day. And so I'm actually going to remix everything so I can prepare it for a more of a, a you know, notable release for like Spotify, Apple Music, Title, and all that, YouTube. Um, but mm -hmm. for me, it was a thing like life is so limited in my perspective. I've I've lost so many people and I've seen so many people come and go. And the last thing I want to do is not give my all. And in me giving my all, it's about hitting the mark every day. I'm a big believer in discipline. I'm a big believer in practice. And my approach is I have to replicate that in my artwork. I have to replicate that in, in what I do. The more reps, the better you get. The more refined you become, the more you learn. And in music, it's the same way. I've always been a student. I, I've been doing this since rapping since about 2003. Me and my boy freestyling back and forth. Matter, matter of fact, it was like 2002, 2001. We was, I remember the original Xbox just came out. We had a battle and that's what started the whole thing. But now it's like, what is it worth if you aren't giving your all and giving as much as you can to the people. It may be overwhelming mm -hmm. for somebody just needs that one song, whatever the case may be. 
I'm going to provide it and I'm going to give as much as I can. So, you know, I, I'm working on three projects right now. One is wrapped up. I'm mixing it. The other, I, I'm about to finish the recording this weekend of the last three, four songs, 17 tracks. And then there's a third project that's already finished that needs to be mixed as well. So it's going to be nothing but more music coming. There was, this is going to be an onslaught avalanche of things to mm -hmm. come. And um, that's just my, my approach. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I'm looking forward to hearing the uh, the new stuff coming out, man. Um, last question I, I got for you. Have you heard feedback from people that appreciate how much you put into this? Like the effort and how many songs? Have you heard any feedback that you're like, man, you know? Man, I just, just the other day, um, I made a short trailer for a project, for, for another project that's not even a part of the ones I just talked about. Um, that's more more personal to me. It's the most personal project because I'm going as deep as possible into who I am. And I shared it with a with a filmmaker and a, and a photographer that I really appreciate their work. And I was inspired by them to, to get out there and start shooting. And so I made this small little trailer and I put a song in there that's also in the movie Rentrification called Set Me Free. And he then shared what he's going through and how it relates to the lyrics, right? And so the lyrics is... The starting, the starting of the lyrics is um, the emotional reaction from him overpowers me thinking about my own lyrics. That's how import, important it is for me to, to like get this right because it was like every time someone tells me what my music means to them, I'm not ready for what they're going to say or what they're going to, how they're going to feel about it. Because I mean, I've had people the song Trouble, people are like, man, you really made me want to eat vegetables. And then literally they start eating vegetables like they start bringing their own lunch. But hey, as long as they're being real about it. Right. And like, you know what I mean? As long as they're not being like fake. It's it's genuine. right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so this is the song that I was talking about. Set me free. It was when my mama getting sick and I'm broken, I'm stuck looking for a fix. Health caring enough in the city of the rich, knowing they don't give a fuck. Little kids hitting licks, bit the windows off of luck. Take a chance if you want a ride out the truck. That's a home run. If you're on a run, ain't no time for giving up. Now, if you remember, a rod came out here and his car got broken into and they said it was like $500,000 worth of jewelry. But that's the same dynamics of me trying to support these kids out here doing those risky maneuvers every day to find a job on top of them bipping windows and then trying to be there for my mother who um, passed away in 2018 from kidney disease, heart failure, diabetes, and trying to navigate a system where if I had more knowledge, had more resources, had more money, maybe things could have been different, right? So mm. often people who have do not have to worry about being without. You'd be surprised the things that I've learned in the work that I've done when it comes to the people who have the means and they don't even they don't even have to give anything in return for the services they get when it comes to healthcare. Like it's crazy to me, but that's the world we live in. And so when I shared the song with this friend, they're like, yo, like, like this hits right now in the moment. Like this is exactly mm -hmm. different. And I'm like, I'm, that's all I could ever hope for is to to strike a chord to make you feel something right and it's like mm -hmm. the music that I make is only for that right like so many times right. I play off with somebody and I'm like where that where's that at like what like I can't believe you said that and it's like I have to it's my mm -hmm. response to the world to 
I'm not, I may not say it in an interview, but I'll definitely say it in a song. Mm-hmm. And also the other thing that I really want to, you know, applaud you for is that takes a lot of dedication. A lot of people just don't do that. Like it's very rare to have someone not only put a bunch of content out, but the content is meaningful. Like some people put a bunch of content out, but then you're like searching all day for meaning behind the words and it's just crap. And yours is far from that. Each song has its own special, you know, um, message. And you're right, man. Sometimes the people that are doing the dirty work don't get the cred. And then the people that coast, they get all the credit. But in reality, it's probably just a facade. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, when it comes to me, what you see is what you get. The only facade mm-hmm. Ask. Everything else is as real as possible. All right, Cindy, where can people find you on social media? So you can find me on Twitter, Cineo SFC. You can find me on Instagram, S-I-N-S-I-N-E-O, Cineo. You can find me on uh TikTok, Cineo SFC. You can find me on YouTube, Cineo SFC. Um, yeah, stay connected, stay fearless, stay familiar, and um, yeah, stay faithful. I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Everybody check out Cineo. He's all over all your music, you know, platforms. S-I-N-E-O. Hey, Cineo, I have an idea. I'm not trying to spring you on, you know, spring this on you. But I don't know if you've listened to any of the podcasts that your boy Stoner the Villain has been on. But a tradition that we have is that he ends the podcast with the acapella and i was wondering if you would want to do the same by all means i would love the opportunity all right so i'm gonna close here and this has been awesome one for the books because the video uh malfunctions so yeah definitely a classic here on the podcast um signing off the closeout this is a bar from one of my favorite rappers Cineo. Take it away, man. All right. Here we go. Even when the odds against me, I still overcome. Overdose from perfection. My words overdone. Um, Man, that got me. I'm, I'm, I'm so riddled with emotion. But anyways, cooking on a mission. So nutrition in the slums. Education for the changes amplified by my lungs. Food for thought. No GMO. Taking out a giant. No fee-fi-fo. Keys open doors. Play the piano. Um... Dang, I'm really, I'm really good. You know what? I'm gonna just give you a freestyle in the moment. I'm not even gonna go. Hey, do what you do, man. Do what you do. Cause uh, it's a lot of rap. So we here with sensibly cynical and Cineo. You can see how it is. I'm in the studio. There's no residual miracles. All I'm given is ethereal feelings. It's a vision. You can see how I'm in it. Never want to pivot. Go ahead and say it's a gimmick. I'll take you to your limits. They don't even know how to grip it. Losing their kintex or the syntax. They don't know how it goes because I don't flex. I just give it to them complex and perplex. I digress. It's less stress when you this bless. It's finesse every time that I'm on the mic. I'm the one to go in and sight the light. Never want to have a fight. You can see how the lightning strikes. I'm the one to pay the price. Every time I've been the type. 
to go and change the views, change the hues, change the rules. I ain't never need a crew. I do on my lonesome. They don't know how I do it because I do it so wholesome. They was thinking I'm provoking, didn't know that I'm rolling. Out of my mind, out of my time. Keep a heart on my head you could see in my eyes. I ain't never been like them. They ain't nothing like sin. S-I-N to the end, this is how we provoke them. I do it again because I do it to win. I don't do it for them. I just did it to end all of the facades, the fakes. Never needed to cuss. Never had to paint over mistakes. I just give them the stakes. They could go and flip the plate. They don't know who I am. I'm the one to go and skate. Streets of rage for those that are inclined. Sega Genesis every time that I rhyme. It's 16 bits. You could get it by design. Broke it all down. I give it inside the lines. You feeling the vibe. I'm the one to take it to your mind. Break down in your spine. You don't even know it's divine the way that I shine. I ain't never need to grind. I just do what I do because I do it all the time. So thank you for the moment. And this is bye-bye.